Katie, and this is That Grief Relief Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, this is a very light-hearted, open-hearted conversation about grief. There is no right or wrong way to deal with grief. Now, whilst I might be at a certain stage of my grief process, my guests might be at another stage of their grief process, you might be at a completely different stage of your grief, or you might not have experienced grief at all. I'm not here to offend, I'm here to hopefully put a smile on your face, whether you're going through something right now or not. Welcome back to that Grief Relief Podcast. Don't know what episode number this is. Don't know what episode <laughs> number I'm going to put it out at. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, uh, <laughs> Rewind. No, we'll be totally fine. For some reason, some episodes I introduce myself and some I don't. But I'm so used to saying, hi, I'm Katie Overy. I don't know, so I should really just stick to it. So welcome to that Grief Relief Podcast. <laughs> My name is Katie Overy. This week, I'm joined by Lara. Please say your surname. Corey. So much better than me pronouncing it. Corey. That's what it, yeah, it works. I know, but it's <laughs> so bad, isn't it? Um, Lara, how are you, first and foremost? I'm very well, thank you. Good. Thank you for coming on. Um, how do we know each other? Oh, gosh. Uh, first of all, thank you for inviting me on. Of course. Um, how do we know each other? We somehow potentially did we work together i can never actually remember if we worked together in theory we never worked together right but i worked for a company that organized events with your company yes but you never actually worked on the event no. that we were organizing so no. i really don't know how we know each other but it's it, it's in there in yeah. that little bubble all of, in the same of, thing yeah. we have a lot of similar people and you worked really closely with my brother oliver yes it as did. well so yes, it um, did. of which when lara first reached out to me um a few weeks ago said oh i don't know if you remember me but i i used to work with your brother oliver and i said oh oliver's oliver and his wife are having a baby i was like oh my god yeah i still can't believe it <laughs> i still can't believe it you can't believe it this <laughs> yeah. is my little baby brother we're talking about yeah. now the reason i invited you onto the podcast was a perhaps a little bit odd for you so yeah. if i explain if you're listening at home so lara reached out to me just in terms of i guess kind of social media advice and blog and vlog advice yeah. and, and how to get words out for a cause that you are trying to spread a lot of awareness for um, which which we'll get into and it was during our conversations that I, I, I picked up on something from Lara that she was missing an element in her life as in that she used to have in her life and therefore we were discussing weird and wonderful ways that you grieve things yeah and I know that you are grieving your former life as it were yeah. So, uh, no, it sounds really odd, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It's that when you said it, I honestly couldn't believe that you picked up on that mm. because in the years that I have been grieving, nobody has actually spoken to me about it. Ah. And I don't know if that's because they haven't realized that I'm grieving, that, that this is a source of grief, or because they don't know how to talk to me about it. So whereas they're all very helpful and in the beginning, almost everyone I knew, family, friends, they were all sending me articles about that and they would try their best to help, yeah, but none of them actually asked, how are you feeling? How are you dealing with this emotionally? Yeah. So when you picked up on it within the like the 15 I... minutes yeah. that we sat down, I was just like, wait, what? Yeah, that was that was the, the, the strange thing about it. And I guess as well, 
obviously you know me I'm bold as brass so I will (laughs) I I will kind of ask anything and I think that's again the kind of learnings that I want to get across on the podcast is that almost don't be afraid to ask I could have asked you a question you could have been offended although knowing it was from a good place and then just said I'd rather not talk about it yeah then we just move on and we'll carry on with our coffee we would have had a lovely time anyway um so Lara Tell me what you are grieving, what you're going through, and let's spread some awareness and try and help the community that yes. you're in. That let's is the best way that. of putting it. Yeah, because that is why I, re- I should say I reached out to Katie because I knew she had this podcast and I've been trying to spread awareness mm. of something called fibromyalgia, Okay, which a few years ago, no one had heard of. As far as I, I knew, yeah. no one had heard of. Mm. Um, and now more and more people, medical practitioners and lay people alike, sort of they understand that there is this thing, um, although they don't understand exactly what it is. So I started a blog and a vlog to spread awareness because I've gone through, and I thank COVID for this. And I said this to you when we yeah. met, COVID gave me the gift of time. Mm. Had I been employed, had I had work the way I had been working before COVID, I wouldn't have had the time to do all of the research that I had done and to understand all of the elements, all of the facets Mm. of having and treating and healing from fibromyalgia. So what is fibromyalgia? We're just recreating our coffee morning, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) So um, fibromyalgia literally means pain in your fibers okay it's pain in your soft tissue and is it a greek based word or a latin based word uh that's a very good question alja i think it's latin Mm, i think it's latin um i used to know this (laughs) um and what i've realized is different people feel it differently okay it presents itself differently to different people so what i'm feeling isn't necessarily what somebody else is feeling but there are similarities so and and there are degrees of pain so essentially what it is is for some as yet undetermined reason your pain receptors are sending false signals to your brain telling you that you hurt anywhere in your body Um, even though you're not even though you're not okay now for some people and i have met not here in dubai but um, through social media, Facebook, what, what have you. I have met people in different parts of the world who've got fibro and different things will set it off. So there's a lady that I met in Ireland and for her, cold weather sets off her fibromyalgia. She doesn't want to live in Ireland, does she? <laughs> know, right? So what she's done is she's invested in a hot tub. Oh, wow. Right. And so when the pain gets really bad, she'll go into the hot tub and she'll relax. Um, okay take a step back one sure. second so fibromyalgia means pain of the fibers and when you say fibers you mean the fiber of your entire body yes and can you talk me through can you talk me through are you in pain now right now no okay touch wood touch wood yeah <laughs> um when are you in pain is it i've got so many questions actually <laughs> shoot throw if them. my friend rochelle my friend rochelle's going to be listening to this she asks all the questions <laughs> But my questions literally that are coming to my brain are, you know, what's the level of pain? Are they shooting pains? Is it a dull pain? Is it, do you rank it from one to 10? Do you know what changes yours? Is there a more common reason that brings on the pain? (laughs) Like, I'm I'm fascinated by it. Like, do you sleep? Do you train? Do you... Right. Um, I've got, go with any of those. I I can answer all of those. (laughs) Um, Different. So right now, no, I'm not in pain. Okay. But... 
What sets it off for me is my body deciding to determine what it feels is trauma. So for example, when I first had these pains and I didn't know what they were, and it t- I should say it took three years of being misdiagnosed by GPs and specialists. and it, wow. I was living in pain for so many years didn't know what it was. So I went out and I tried things by myself. I tried Ayurveda, I tried acupuncture, um, I tried massages and I can't get a massage because afterwards my body will hurt for weeks or months. There are some pains that I've had for years and they've diminished now because I've learned how to calm my system. And and this is something that I'll get into Mm. in a little bit. Mm. Just not not right now. No, yeah. but I know that my body needs to have physical contact with something, which it will then decide is traumatic and it will then hurt. Okay. So, I mean, a few years ago, I banged my thumb on the steering wheel of the car. It hurt for months afterwards. And it wasn't a, like a big bang? No, no, no. Just your normal kind of bump. Um, there are days where, the other day I was uh, deep cleaning my kitchen. Mm-hmm. My wrist started hurting by the end of it, just because I was putting enough consistent pressure on it Mm, mm. that it was like you know i've had enough no Mm. um so when it comes to things like training for example i've had to quit body pump which i absolutely used to love okay because i couldn't hold the bar anymore because the way my fibro works is it spreads from different parts of my body at different times so i didn't have it in my fingers a few years ago but i have it now so i can't grip the bar Otherwise, my fingers go numb and they clamp up and then I can't move them and that's dangerous. So we quit body pump. Of course, right. Yeah. Um, I haven't run for years. I can't swim uh, because all of these things, my body will eventually decide this hurts. But then it gets even weirder because there are things, there are times, sorry, where my body hasn't necessarily been hurt, but decides it's in pain. And I've got a pain for you that you're going to love. I had a pain that I called my Wolverine pain. Oh, no. A few years ago. So you know how? Yeah, exactly. For some odd reason, suddenly, when I would, and I don't know how I discovered this, but when I would push my fingers back just on my left hand, okay, it would feel like I had spikes right there that were going to come out. <sighs> and that's why I call it my Wolverine yeah, pain. Course. And I would sit there and just kind of bend my fingers backwards just to see how far back can they go. Now it's fine. How I don't weird. have this pain anymore. And then there are pains that have been there for years and those aren't going anywhere. So my back hurts, has done. It was the first place that started really hurting. Um, I twisted my left ankle, I fell off. I was learning how to ride a motorcycle. As you do. As as you do. It was brilliant. Got my license as well. Nice, I went through the pain. I would not, because at the time, I fell off. My ankle got caught in the wheel of the motorcycle, twisted. Ow. That's fine, didn't hurt. It Uh cracked the way your knuckles crack. Okay. And it was fine. No swelling, no nothing. I went to the doctor. He's like, oh, it's a simple sprain. It'll be fine. It's never gone back to normal. Mm. So I can't wear high heels anymore. Right. Okay. It will hurt. Um, So the back, the ankle at the time as well, this wrist started hurting. So I would wrap myself up underneath everything so that the instructors couldn't see because I was determined to get my license. That was very stupid retrospectively. I should not have done that. But I got my license. Yeah. It's something you wanted. Yeah. It was a goal. And I've learned how to, I mean, at the time I didn't know it was fibro, I know now. Mm, mm, mm. But I still now have learned how to push myself and when I can push myself, when I can't push myself. Okay. Um, the last, what, what, yeah. Sorry, what was the, you said you started off with the back pain, mm-hmm. that's the initial one. What kind of pain was it? Because obviously 
not obviously, but we all get a backache yeah. every now and again. Which is but, what I thought I had. <laughs> right. But there must have been something that was different. It was, it was when my nephew was learning how to walk. Okay. And I spent about two weeks, I was on holiday in Beirut with my family. And he was a very stubborn uh, learner because <laughs> he didn't want to hold on to anything. He was adamant and he wouldn't even hold on to your hand. He wanted to be propped up from under his armpits so that his hands were free to touch whatever he wanted to touch. I see. So I spent two weeks bent over, lifting him from under his armpits. And then I, I just couldn't straighten afterwards. Mm -hmm. And you'd think, oh, you know, obviously, yeah, back pain is going to happen. And I have injured my back previously. So I just thought, okay, well, and by this time I was in my mid 30s, I was 35. You asked where the cat was. Hello, pussycat. <laughs> Hi, Poppy. Welcome back. Thanks for making an entrance, as always, in the podcast and on YouTube. <laughs> Have a seat. Just don't mess no, anything on the laptop. Laptop. Mommy spent a whole long time on there. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so yes, yeah, so I just thought, okay, my body's getting older. It's one of those, you know, you see in the movies, oh my trick knee is playing up. It's going to rain. Yeah. I thought I had just developed one of those situations. My okay. back is just going to start hurting. Yeah. And I went to the GPs time and time and time again, and they gave me B vitamins and all those things did not help. And in fact, at one point when I could stand up straight, because for a long while I couldn't stand up straight. Oof. And bear in mind, I was, I was employed full time. So I had to get up and I had to go to work and I had to function. Mm -hmm. And eventually, and this is still the case now, I couldn't sleep for more than six hours because my back would start hurting and I, I always get confused how to explain this. I could only lie down for six hours in any 24 hour period. And the six hours didn't have to be consecutive. Okay. So say so I go to sleep. why do you think after it totaled six hours? I don't know. But it used to happen that I would go to bed at midnight, six o'clock, the pain in my back would wake me up and that's it. I would be awake. And then I'd either continue sleeping, I'd try to sit and continue sleeping, um, or I would have to move around through the pain, like mm. go to work and, and function. Um, <laughs> this got very, very annoying during the weekends if I wanted to go to the beach because it meant I couldn't go and lie down in the sun because I'd slept yeah, for six hours. Yeah. So it just made life really awkward. Um, there are, I've subsequently learned there's something, when you've get, gotten the pain under control, you still get something called fibro flares, okay. which is when the pain in your body will flare up for no specific reason. Yeah. And there are days when it actually hurts to breathe because as I take the air in, my back hurts, my chest hurts, my stomach hurts, and I end up breathing like, because <laughs> I can't breaths. do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just can't breathe. Um, those are rare. Fibro flares really are rare, not just for me, but in general, they okay. are rare. It's more, and you were asking what kind of pain it is. Yeah. I mean, the Wolverine pain, that was a sharp one. Of course. But generally, it's a dull ache. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's not even pain. So with my ankle, for example, it's not pain. I can just feel that it's weak. Okay, right. So you're always conscious of it, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. And that that's how fibro presents for me. I mean, it really? just sounds, it, it, it's, I mean, obviously it sounds horrendous. It is. The, the thing that, that gets me is the whole, it, it's, it's there, it's a constant. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's only just recently been sort of, I mean, 
been diagnosed finishing that sentence i mean i dread to think what you went through and in fairness the the, the medical professionals because they must have just been like not a clue no nope. how did they then end up being able to diagnose it well i wasn't diagnosed here i should i should mention that okay um after about two years and also and this goes out to anybody with fibro I had different practitioners tell me literally, don't know what's wrong with you, can't help you, go home. Right. And that's simply because they haven't got the tools. Like the medical profession is not set up to diagnose and treat something like fibro. Your GP is not Mm. set up to to do that. Mm. You need a functional medicine practitioner Mm. uh, or a psychoneuroimmunologist and I do talk about these gentlemen on on my blog because they will look at and this is important when it comes to fibro because there's no physical reason for fibromyalgia so it has been classed for lack of a better classification as a psychological or psychiatric disorder really yes so when I go to get my meds and there are different medications the first um type of meds that doctors will go for when treating fibro is antidepressants and sometimes it's antidepressants with a uh, a calmant i I never know not a tranquilizer xanax oh yeah um (laughs) you know the one guys right okay so that stuff i (laughs) I know you are like it is like tranquilizer but it's but yeah that's that stuff you you guys know what xanax is we all know xanax i'll add it afterwards yes why can't i think of the right word i can never think of the right word either (laughs) <laughs> but, this is yeah. that annoying point in the podcast where someone's driving at the moment screaming at both of us <laughs> i know i know you pair of idiots I, it's this okay, right. um but th- so that's what and obviously it's psychiatrists who, mm. who uh, will give you antidepressants the other medication that's used is actually anti-seizure medication either pregabalin or gabapentin okay. which are similar i'm on pregabalin which is an anti-seizure medication and it also treats nerve damage caused by diabetes and if you read the the insert it does say also for the treatment of fibromyalgia oh yes okay so i'm on that it's helped the the pain has subsided it's gotten the pain under control the pain hasn't gone away Mm. um but yeah it's under control and how i got diagnosed just before you ask your other questions, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. feel the other question I've, coming. I've, my brain is going crazy because I've got so Sorry. many questions. Um, I went to Beirut. Now, there was a, a gentleman here who had said that he knew exactly what was wrong with me. And I, should, I, I was MRI'd from top to bottom. Mm. My entire body had, had passed through MRIs and x-rays and all of that stuff. And he said, I know exactly what's wrong with you. You need surgery. We're going to start on your knees. I was like, all right. This man can cure me because he was so confident. I was like, yes. And I told my parents and they said, no. (laughs) (laughs) And I was sat there going, how can you say no? I have finally found someone after all these years who says he can cure me of my pain. Why would you deny me this? And bear in mind by then, I I was not taking any medication or anything. So Uh I hadn't been diagnosed. Uh There are days I'm crying and... Reem, if you're listening to this, I know you remember what it was like working with me on those during that time. Gosh, yeah, and with a full-time job, that must have been horrendous. I had this one colleague and she saw she saw the pain. I mean, she's like, she is family Mm-mm-mm. to me. She, there were days where we would have to go somewhere. We'd get in the car, I'd sit in the front and I'd put the chair all the way back because I couldn't sit up straight. And we're going to a meeting and I'm in the back, curled up in a fetal position because that's what hurts my back less, trying to get to work. 
Anyway, so I get to Beirut. My parents are like, no, you, you will not. Now, my parents don't agree on much. So when they agree on something, you kind of pay attention. <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> so I did. And it was really funny because my mom has a specialist that she likes. And my dad has a specialist that he likes. And there's a specialist they both like. Oh, about that one lucky specialist. I know, right? So I went to see all three. Oh, okay. Katie, I kid you not, the conversation went exactly the same with all three. Oh, no. I walked in to the first specialist. As I'm closing the door, he's asking how he can help me. And I'm saying, I said, well, everything hurts. And as I'm walking to sit down, he goes, well, how old are you? And I think I was 34 at the time, maybe 35. And he asked me, are you stressed? And by this time, my mom's on the seat. He's like, are you stressed? I said, well, who's not stressed? Are you, not stre- are you guys not stressed? Everyone's stressed. And he goes, you have fibromyalgia. This is within 30 seconds of me walking into this gentleman's clinic after years of you know, going to see doctors and specialists. And he's with full confidence going, you have fibromyalgia. Now, fibromyalgia had been coming up when I was researching my symptoms, trying to figure out what was wrong with me. You're okay. going on WebMD and, yeah. and Google. Oh, and no, stuff. don't do that. We're all going to die. <laughs> we'll we look at I things know, like that. But I needed to know something. Yeah. Like, it just did not make sense. Yeah. How could I be in pain all the time mm. and doctors don't know what's wrong with me? And fibromyalgia kept coming up, but I read the list of symptoms and I didn't have any of them. You know, I didn't have trouble concentrating. I didn't have trouble sleeping except for the pain, but it wasn't like I couldn't fall asleep. Um, you know, th- there was like a-, a list of maybe seven, eight symptoms and I had one, which was the constant pain. So okay. I thought, well, I can't have this if I've only got the one symptom. Yeah. So he's like, no, you have fibromyalgia. And he prescribes the antidepressant and the Xanax. Um, and I just thought this man's crazy. But I went to the second specialist. Exactly the same thing happens as I'm walking in. How old are you? What's wrong with you? Have and I said to them, I said, do you not want to see the MRIs? And the first one, he humored me. He looked at the MRI of my wrist, where the specialist here who was going to operate had said to me, you've got ganglions all over the place. We need to remove them. And so he looks at the MRI and he goes, so where are the ganglions? I said, I don't know. You're the doctor. You read them. He goes, no, I'm asking because I can't see can't them. Anything. And then he looked at my wrist and he saw, like, I've got all these little holes in my wrist. He's like, if, the, if you had ganglions, they'd be poking out right, right here. Yeah. I'm like, okay. The, the second specialist didn't even bother. He's like, I do not want to see these MRIs. I don't need them. You have fibromyalgia. You will take pregabalin. I went to the third specialist. Exactly the same thing. And he also prescribed pregabalin. So I was like, all right, pregabalin, two votes out of three. I'll, I'll go with that. And that's how I discovered that I've got fibro. That's that's <laughs> bizarre. Was there a, an outbreak of fibromyalgia in Beirut? Like, genuine question. Like, <laughs> how were they know. so... How are they all so well versed? I don't know. In it. I, I mean, I guess know. you don't know and you don't care. You were diagnosed and therefore you were and, able to treat it. Yeah. Or, and keep it under and, control. And keep it under control. And now I do go and see a psychiatrist uh-huh. because it's a psychiatrist who can prescribe pregabalin right. for extended periods of time. Right. Um, in the UAE? Because in Lebanon Even in Beirut. Different. Oh, really? Yeah, even in Beirut. Right. Okay, fine. So in Beirut, I also see a psychiatrist right. simply to get my meds. Right, okay. Because other doctors can prescribe, but they can only prescribe it for a short period of time. Okay. For what I need. Yeah. And it's a controlled medication, by yeah, the way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. the whole The whole kind of, um, you used a word to describe what it was. Not a physical, you said it's not a physical um, condition. It's, it's mental, emotional, psychiatric, Psychi- no one knows. Yeah, uh, 
I find that fascinating. So does that mean, therefore, that you literally aren't experiencing pain, but your brain tells you you are? I know you. T- I know that's pretty kind much. of what you said at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I am not in actual pain, but my Senses, brain and yeah. My, my, yeah, my, my nervous system is just going a little bit haywire. And I mean, no, no one knows why really no one has any idea why Mm-mm. and that's why i said you need a functional medicine practitioner because these people look at your entire environment your mm. entire self they will even look at your past and when i say covid gave me the gift of time between lockdown because this is when it started was in lockdown last year um not when fibro started no no that was what three this was five six years ago you said. six years something like that yeah but three years ago you were diagnosed i was diagnosed okay. yeah four four years ago now God, i keep forgetting how i keep forgetting that 2020 happened <laughs> yeah let's just forget it i wish i could but it, it but is a year say, out of my life something good just come but something from it. good came out of it yeah. which is i've put in also considering the research that i'd done before but most of it came during last year's COVID lockdown and curfews and all of that, I've put in over a hundred hours of research into fibromyalgia and healing from fibromyalgia. Mm. And there is so much, and I've tried these things on myself as well. So when I write about things on my blog, when I talk about them uh, on on my vlog, I've got firsthand experience with pretty much everything that I'm talking about. And I haven't tried it just willy nilly. No, Mm. Mm. like I say, there's a psychiatrist here who I go to for my meds. So if I'm going to test out supplements, for example, because a lot of people, a lot of uh, practitioners will test out supplements, uh, 5-HTP, tryptophan, for example, these are what help with serotonin. Okay. Um, And serotonin is our little feel-good hormone, Mm. which, by the way, is not created in the brain. Hmm. Just FYI, guys. Where is it created? In your gut. Oh, well. Up to 95. Food leads to happiness. Up to 95%. Yeah, food does lead to happiness. And hence comfort eating. Yeah. Which I do a lot of. Um, but yeah, nine, up to 95% of serotonin is created in your gut, not in your brain. Wow. So when I'm testing out supplements, for example, I will talk to my psychiatrist before I try anything. Um, nutrition. I worked with a psychoneuroimmunologist. And I do talk about him a little bit on my blog he was the first one who started treating me with food because fibro comes with other physical, I'll call it manifestations, Mm -hmm. and usually hormone imbalances. And I've had two hormone imbalances in my life. One was prolactin, which is what um, releases milk when uh, females, when ladies want to breastfeed, okay. is prolactin. That, okay. But when you're not breastfeeding and you've got excess prolactin, there are other side effects. For me, it was weight gain. Right. And I did go to see an endocrinologist at the time. This was before I had the fibro. So I always think to myself, wow, that was a warning sign and I didn't know it. Mm. Because the endocrinologist said to me, "You, I, I'm not going to give you meds because your levels aren't high enough to warrant that, but you need to figure out how to de-stress. And at the time, I was just really, really annoyed with him because I just wanted to be fixed. Um, Eventually, I did find, uh, I did go to another specialist and and he gave me meds and that was fine. Right. But then afterwards, I developed a second hormone imbalance, which was insulin. Oh, God. So I am pre-diabetic. Yeah. And that's when I started working with Jamie, my psychoneuroimmunologist, because despite everything that I was doing... I gained about two stone for no reason in two years. 
Okay, hang on, because I know what stone stone is. It's 14 kilograms. There you go. Otherwise, I'll just get someone complaining. (laughs) Sorry, it's about 14 kilograms. (laughs) And I was eating healthy. I would have, for example, lunch was uh, bran flakes with uh, low-fat milk. Mm. And then dinner would be sort of brown rice and salmon, Mm -mm. not fried, poached or baked in the oven. So really healthy. I was going to the gym, body pumping, RPMing, yogaing. And I was gaining weight and it was ridiculous. So eventually... And this is where it gets dangerous. I did a whole bunch of tests and everything came back normal. Mm. So while I was going for the fibro pain, I was also going for the weight gain. And it wasn't until I started working with Jamie that he figured out working with nutrition that I was now lactose intolerant and insulin resistant. Right. My insulin levels were through the roof. Insulin is a hormone. Okay. And as soon as we fixed my eating, the weight just went... Really? Two weeks. Worst two weeks of my life. Yeah. Because I had zero energy, could not stay awake at work. Um, Reem, the colleague who, whose family... This poor girl. <laughs> this poor Reem. I, keep, I know. I thought I put my colleagues through I some know. stuff. No, Katie, she was, she was brilliant. I would fall asleep at my desk, sort of angled away from everyone. And she'd wake me up if someone needed me or if the phone was ringing because I could not stay awake. I was so thirsty i've never been thirsty like this in my life i was drinking up to five liters of water a day it was uncontrollable the 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 thirst like could not it was no way yes five liters of water a day that's a that's a lot of water guys yeah um but that and that was happening at the same time as the fibro yeah there was another thing happening oh my goodness have you heard of something called tinnitus or tinnitus yes so i have that as on top of that is that connected to the fibro do you think yes okay i've learned that most people who have fibro or chronic fatigue syndrome also have tinnitus explain what uh, I, I would pronounce it tinnitus tinnitus it yeah, matter, yeah. But if americans explain- pronounce it tinnitus <laughs> brits pronounce it tinnitus um what is it it is ringing in the ears so if you imagine when you go to a nightclub um if you <laughs> if you stood i know i know please don't talk about nightclubs <laughs> But in the good old <laughs> PC days... <laughs> it's like with a roaring 20s. I know. BC, we, we got a new BC now, haven't we? Before COVID. Oh, no. Yes. I hadn't really thought about that. So in the BC days, in the, in the new millennium BC days, when you went to a nightclub, if you stood too close to the speaker, the mm. next day your ears would be ringing. And that's what tinnitus is. It's that kind of ringing in your ears. It... Uh, some people have it in one ear. Some people have it in both. For some people, it comes and goes. For some people, it's consistent. Can you guess which one I am? Oh, I can. I can imagine you are both, and you are consistent. There you go. Oh my god! And volume and pitch will differ. So there are things that will set it off. Mm, mm. Stress, for instance, and okay. like everybody talks about stress these mm, days. Mm, but mm. honestly, it is the number one thing that we deal with when we are mapping our healing journey from or through fibro i don't Mm. know what the Mm. right word is Mm. and that's what i learned last year and when you're doing that it incorporates so much stuff you do the first thing you do is meditation i've never been able to meditate but dang bang it last year i learned (laughs) okay when and, and this is somebody else that i talk about in my blog there's a gentleman called alex howard okay 
who runs a clinic called the Optimum Health Clinic, Optimum Health Clinic um, in England. Mm-hmm. And he had, uh, he was running an online program called the Reset Program, where he teaches you how to reset your system. Mm. And when I say system, I'm talking your, your entire, your, your gut brain connection, you reset that, uh, you reset your nervous system, you reset everything. And it doesn't happen overnight takes a long time and the first thing that he teaches you is meditation so mm-hmm. i learned how to do that but then you learn different things uh like how to work with your inner critic how to work with your inner child you learn about the um fight flight yeah response you've got flight f- flight fight freeze mm. um so you learn about that you learn about something called the vagus nerve which yeah i know not many people know that we've got one of those no, and i've been to vegas <laughs> And things did get on my nerves. Sure they did. What's a vagus nerve? Is it a physical, an actual nerve in our body? It is an actual nerve in our body. It recently is recently discovered. Not recently discovered, but only recently given. And and when you learn what the vagus nerve is, you're gonna be like, why are we not talking about this before? Okay. Recently given the attention it deserves. So the vagus nerve is the largest cranial nerve we have. It goes from the base of your skull, all the way down. Right? And, and it passes through the back of your body, not the front, but it hits every organ on the way down. Your heart, your lungs, your gut, your liver. It goes through all of your organs. Major organs. And it is responsible for your parasympathetic responses, which is your fight, flight, freeze. Okay. Now, after flight, fight, you go into either freeze or rest. Okay. And when you go into rest, that's when your vagus nerve calms everything down, calms your entire system down. Makes sense. And it's when your system is calm that your cells regenerate, heal themselves, Mm -hmm. do what they need to do to keep you healthy. Mm -hmm. And with fibro and chronic fatigue syndrome, the theory is that the vagus nerve isn't functioning the way that it should. And so you're not going into rest and your cells aren't regenerating. They're not healing. They're not resting. Instead, you're going into freeze, which feels like rest only because you're not in fight or flight. So you think you're okay. Okay. But you're not. Okay. You just don't know it. And so you learn ways, and and Alex teaches you this, you learn how to stimulate the vagus nerve, which some ways are not fun at all. Um, Things like gagging, for example. Because you, re- the thing is, the vagus nerve is most easily accessible at the back of the throat. So anything, I'm sorry, Katie. I'm I know so sorry. this is like pretty traumatic. And but you have to go through it. But there are people who have to go through it, and I know this is a lot of information. No, this is I love so it. No, much no, it's really interesting. Telling COVID, gift of time. Yeah. So anything that causes vibration at the back of your throat will stimulate the vagus nerve. So you try gagging. Um, you try gargling. I don't like those. Okay. Uh, I sing. Okay. And the reason I sing is because my voice... Oh, you can hum, you can chant. Anything that goes... Yeah, mm, that vibrates to Exactly. Okay. I sing mainly because my voice is really strong and I live alone. Okay. So I, I was going to say, if Vreen comes up again, <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> She's heard me sing. Oh, she has heard me sing at karaoke. Uh, oh, I miss my karaoke nights. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I do. I miss my karaoke nights at stables. 
Oh man. Will we ever sing into a microphone? Like I know, see this microphone. Don't it's at your even places. think about singing but, into my microphone. No, I'm not going to sing into your microphone. Step away, I saw you looking step, at it. But step away. Step from, away yeah. from the microphone. <laughs> no, okay, I'm not so gonna, but you're stimulating your vagus. Stimulate nerve. the vagus nerve by singing really loud, really strong, and not even for a long time. Thirty seconds okay. in the morning, thirty seconds in the evening, and we're done. Um, and it's fine. Meditation also. But because when you meditate, you're focusing on your breathing. And when you're taking the deep breaths, we're talking about deep yeah, breaths yeah, that yeah. push your belly up. That kind of deep breath is the one that you want to be taking. And that stimulates the vagus nerve as well. And why are you stimula stimulating the nerve? Stimulate the nerve so that it does its job of calming your system down. Right. Okay. Now... What's it called, the vagus nerve? I don't know what it's called, the vagus nerve. Really? I have no idea. Can you find out? Because that would be really interesting to know. Because so, that's an odd name. It is an odd name. But, you know, the, those Greeks and, and Romans, when they were, you know, doing their dues, I don't yeah, know, but, but I will find out for you. <laughs> um, so we don't know why it's called the, the vagus Don't nerve. know why it's called the Las Vegas nerve, but, <laughs> yeah, so, so there is that um, meditation. There's something called tapping as well. I don't know if you know about tapping. Not like cupping not like cupping okay it's also called eft i forget what the emotional something therapy i forget and yes like you said there's somebody out there screaming what eft is yeah. can't hear you i literally wouldn't have a clue no Never but basically you you start you, you tap on the side over here and, and you say something like um i don't know why i have this pain in my body but i accept it and i accept myself fully you know and you do that a few times and then you start tapping different points in your body you tap under your armpits you, you tap uh, top of your head and that works for some people just that that yeah. just sounds and this is awful that just sounds like mumbo jumbo to me i'll tell you what it did work for me for okay. the uh, for the tinnitus i did have really? one day where there was no ringing in my ears whatsoever but then it came back yeah which is really annoying i can't yeah. tell you um like i did cry when it came back oh, i honestly did but tapping, yeah, it works. Okay, fair so enough. You can't knock it if it works. Exactly. So like I say, I've tried all of these things. And I mean, this is just a little bit of information. There is so much more yeah. that goes into understanding. Yeah. And this is what I wanted to do. And this is why, like, like we said, I got in touch with you is because I have all this information and I know that there are people out there in pain. Yeah. And I have the pain and I have the tools to deal with the pain. So I'm kind of bridging that gap. Mm between the lay person and the practitioner uh, and you know literally like your practitioner sits there now alex is really good at this as well because alex who developed the reset program and, and he used to have chronic fatigue syndrome right so everything that he talks about he's been through with right. healing from chronic yeah. fatigue syndrome and yeah. do you know what it makes all the difference yeah and that's what you wanted to do wasn't it was just to, to spread the awareness because in terms of are there Again, I've got loads of questions. Shoot. You know, all, all that's in my mind is how many people around the world have got this or and know they have it? How many people around the world don't know, but they might have it? Are there any support groups for this? Like, I can only imagine finding out you have something like this or maybe you have something like this and finding your blog and vlog and just thinking, oh my God, that I'm not on my own. Yeah. Um, there are support groups around the world, few and far between, not necessarily extremely well informed. Okay. Just because it's such a new area of work. Mm. And a lot of the groups are still focused, a lot of the groups that I've found 
still focus on medication mm. more than anything. Um, they focus on on movement. And this is the weird thing about fibro. It hurts to move, but it hurts not to. So you have got to find that kind of middle ground where you can move without hurting yourself. Um, even on the days when it hurts to breathe, you, mm. you still have to do something. Mm. Um, how many people around the world have it? It's estimated because the thing with fibro is it is a diagnosis by elimination. So it's only once you eliminate anything else that it could be that you get to that mm. fibro mm. Um, diagnosis. So it takes a while to diagnose. Mm. Um, it's estimated that 13 million people in the US have fibro. We don't know the number globally, but it's probably around about your 20 million mark. That's ridiculous. About. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. There's also a lot of people potentially going through something that they have no clue about. And then in my mind, if there's 20, on estimate, 13, 20 million people who have been diagnosed and have it, what's that number of people that haven't got a clue? I know, right? And haven't been diagnosed. I know. Who are still sat there living in pain, not knowing and having the GP mm. tell them, mm. if this medication hasn't helped, mm. then I can't help you go home. Which is just such a, a horrible, horrible thing to yeah. hear. It's like, they've given up on me, but yet I'm in pain. Yeah. And to be in constant pain. Con and this is, I will always be grateful to that first practitioner that I saw because he said to me something that has carried me through these last few years, which is, he said to me, don't let anyone tell you that what you feel isn't there. Your pain is real. Yeah. There's no reason for it. There's no physical reason that we know about, mm -mm -mm. but your pain is real. And I was just like, yes, it is very real. Thank you very much. I mm. love you now. Um, so yeah, 13 million people estimated in the US, probably around 20 um, globally. There are a few support groups. Um, I, in, with all the searching that I had done, I hadn't found a support group. There was allegedly one here that I found on Facebook, but they haven't functioned for I don't know how many years. So I don't know if, if they're still mm -hmm. here or not. Mm -hmm. um, it is, like I say, it's just something that's so new. Yeah. So we, we're kind of making it up as we go along. Well, absolutely. And I think it, I, I, I just love the fact that you're, you know, you want to help other people you know go go through this because i think it's what you would have wanted you know you yeah. would have you would have loved to have found someone like you yeah when you were kind of going through it absolutely which is then kind of what i want to touch on which is then going back to why you're here really because so if it was six to seven years ago you first started this you know feeling these pains and it's that life that you're now grieving because your whole life has changed yeah and that's not just so, obviously grief from death is when that loved loved one is no longer in your life. Of course your life has changed. But I mean, literally and physically your life has changed. So I can't even think of an example, but do you look at, do you look at photographs of you from 10 years ago, say on holiday or even at home with your, with your where are your parents now in Beirut? Yeah. Yeah. Do you look there and just think, God, I wish I, I really wish I was that woman I again. do I do I've still got I've still got my heels oh right of course the high to, heels the high heels they're yeah. still there um I see them every day in my closet I've still got the clothes that I used to wear when I used to uh, you know go out um which I can't wear I don't wear them anymore now because I, I am a bit heavier 
than I used to be because I can't work out the way I used to. And because my body has changed on a cellular level. And that's the thing. When your body changes on a cellular level, you can't fight it. Mm. You can't unchange the change. So there's a limit to how far back I can go. And, and I see this every day when I put on my clothes. I see this every day when I open the closet and I look at the pictures and, you know, I kind of think I wasn't. You know, we go through life knowing we're not going to be young forever, right? Mm, we right know, well, well yeah. not in our 20s. In our 20s, we all think we're going to be 20 forever. And then in our 30s, we start realizing like, okay, I'm not going to be young forever. Mm. And you kind of start preparing yourself for the fact that you're not going to be young forever. But when your youth is taken from you and you're just not ready for it, mm. I never... Even when I was going through this pain really badly, I ne it never occurred to me even then that I wouldn't get back to being the person that I was before the pain, that I wouldn't get back to being the person that I was before the, the you know, insulin resistance and the prediabetes and, and, and all of that malarkey. It never occurred to me. Mm. It's only now, all of these years later, that I'm realizing I'm never going to be that person and I never got to transition mm, mm. you know it's like when a loved one dies suddenly right but it's different because no, when that happens the person's gone mm. but with something like fibro or chronic fatigue syndrome because the thing with these things is that something might happen and you just don't heal from that something anymore so it's sudden but you're not ready for it and you don't get to say goodbye because you see you in the mirror every day you see the, the sort of very poetically remnants of your past around you every day. Mm. And where I live right now, a very, very good friend of mine used to live in that building. Reem? Was it Reem? No, it wasn't right. Reem. <laughs> it wasn't Reem. Woman's taken over my podcast. I, so, Reem, I love you. <laughs> I do. God bless Reem and everything that she went through with me. My goodness. But when he lived in that building, it was... That was where we all used to congregate at the weekends right. before going out. So right. we would, you know, start at his place, have a grand old time there, and then we would go out to wherever we went out. Mm -hmm. So every time I go home, mm. I remember those days. And mm. it, it's very bittersweet, mm. bitter more than sweet, really. Um, so, yeah, the, the grieving is, is a daily thing. Is there, besides, obviously wishing you didn't have constant pain mm -hmm. but what do you miss the most about lara pre fibro the freedom of trying stuff okay because i can't i can't do that anymore i okay. can't just wake up and decide oh today i feel like booking a hike in oman for example so mm. I, I can't do that i have to think how am I feeling today? Okay, if I book this hike in Oman, it's how long is it? Right, okay, will I be able to? So the last time I went on a hike was a few years ago. And mm. I went on this hike with my knee braces and my ankle braces and my everything braces. And I had a guide to hold my hand as we trekked up the mountain. And I knew that I was going to be in pain for days afterwards. And actually on the way down the mountain, I didn't walk. I sat down and I pushed myself down the mountain because I knew I wouldn't be able to walk down. I knew if I walked down, I was going to do myself more injury. Yeah, yeah. So I, I miss that freedom of just doing stuff. Um, 
I miss being able to be spontaneous. So for instance, if my niece and nephew who were six and seven asked me to jump on the trampoline with them. It actually makes me feel, I feel pain for you because of how you've described it. I have to sit there and think, if I jump on the trampoline with them today, will I be able to walk tomorrow? What have I got to do tomorrow? No, I've got to go and this person and that person. Like, I, I actually do, even though we're, we're COVIDing now, mm. I actually do have things to do, like go to the supermarket, mm, for mm, example. Mm, mm. And I have to think, if I jump on the trampoline, am I going to be able to go to the supermarket tomorrow? Do they understand if you say, Auntie Laura can't, do they? They do, they know. They know, and, and they don't they, they don't get upset or anything. And, and there are days when I just can't. I'm in pain, and I just look at them, and I'm like, I can't jump with you today, but let's do something else. Yeah, of course. For instance. Um, and what about friends? Uh, How have your friends been? Is, is there, have they, you know, for, for a wonderful podcast, it would be everyone's been absolutely wonderful. <laughs> but I'm guessing that there must be people, because you look perfectly fine to me, do you know what I mean? I, I know exactly and, what you mean. And I'm just wondering if you have anyone, and again, in a, in a work environment. What do, you, what do you mean you're in pain? You look absolutely fine. Yeah. Generally, people have been accepting. Um, they have been... The funny thing is, when I tell people I've got fibro, so many of them have said to me, oh my gosh, I know a lady who's got that. Oh, or, really? oh my god! And it usually, and I'm sorry to say this, I'm sorry, ladies, it hits ladies more than men. Mm. more women have fibro than men don't know why just is um so they've been generally people are, are very accepting that they, they try to be understanding at some point they get bored of it mm. at some point they get bored of asking how you're feeling and and i i don't always want to be asked how i'm feeling but they get bored of oh well we can't ask laura to do this because she can't move right so they 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 have to change their lifestyle to suit me sometimes and then people get bored of it mm, mm. and it just is yeah so you know there are some friendships that have lasted and yay um others that haven't some that have transitioned yeah it, it just depends but it's also me like when I was in a lot of pain, I cut out a lot of people. I just couldn't go out anymore. No. And I didn't want to go out anymore because I was seeing my friends going out and I was seeing everybody having fun and I'm like, but I can't do this yeah, anymore. And it yeah. was really annoying and really frustrating and and I just didn't want to be around them anymore. So I shut myself away. I mean, I was going to say that and then there's also, which I do believe that everybody should do, is that your time is so precious that your time and energy shouldn't be wasted on people that don't deserve it. Yeah. And I guess you went to a whole other level in terms of, you know, how do you grade that friend as, do I go to their birthday dinner party? Yeah. <laughs> based on how much you're going to be in pain the following day yeah. or week or, or week whatever. or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and, and it it's... Your whole outlook on life changes. And this is another thing that fibro will do. Just like when, and, and I think this is true when you're grieving anything, really. You start to reassess your priorities. Mm -hmm. You start to reevaluate your life. And it's one of the reasons I quit my day job. Mm. Was because I realized that I was just miserable. Mm. And I did not want to be there. And like you say, your time has become precious, more precious than it, than it ever was. Yeah. Do I want to be spending time with, no, I don't. I don't want to be spending time with these people doing this job, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I quit my job. I was like, I can't do this. And what I do now is so much more fulfilling mm. for me 
I'm an entrepreneur, so it's a heck of a lot of hard work. Yeah. And, you know, we, we all know COVID was not kind to, to entrepreneurs, yeah. unless suddenly you were creating, you know, face masks and the like. But for those of us who weren't, COVID wasn't the, the best of times. No. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. Did you leave Reem? <laughs> never leave Reem. Different group, different company. Never leave Reem. You'd left yeah. her before. Right? Yeah. Okay, it was a different job. <sighs> Don't worry, Reem, I'm looking out for you. <laughs> Quite disastrous otherwise. But you're absolutely right. There are, and this is, isn't, it's not to make it all about me, but again, in terms of after I lost my parents and it wasn't that Carpe Diem kind of seized the day, but it was just like, do you know what? Life's too short. Yeah. So, and, and, and it really is. So you make these decisions and I know that, I'm sure there's somebody listening right now that would be like, oh, well, that's very well and good. You, you're probably rolling in cash or you've got this. It's like, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. And I genuinely wasn't at the time. I mean, I'm not now. I mean, no. like, at, at the time. <laughs> Same. At the time I quit my full-time job, I wasn't, but I, I knew that I needed to do it for, for me and, and mm-hmm. the people around me. You... And I, I think this is a question that a lot of people ask me, but how how do you do it? Because you're so warm and open, Aww. you're smiley, like you're just, <laughs> uh, not only are you being resilient because you want to deal with this for yourself, but you're also wanting to help other people. Like, how do you cope with that every single day? How do you get up in the morning and think, I cannot do this? And, and not only get out of bed, but get out of bed with the attitude that you clearly have. <laughs> uh, th- thank you for saying that, yeah, honestly. You're welcome. Um, ever since I can remember, and this is like, I'm thinking of myself at like six and seven years old. Ever since I can remember, all I've ever wanted to do is make people happy. Okay. And that's actually the reason behind, I was saying this to somebody the other day, it's the reason behind what I do now. So... I have, and I'm not plugging myself in any way, so I'm not going to talk about this um, longer than to say, I have a customer experience consultancy. Mm-hmm. So the reason I do what I do is because I want people to have good experiences. Mm. I want to make people happy. Mm. And it just so happens that with the skills and knowledge I have from my previous life, from my career, I can do this. Okay. And that's why when I, so when I sat there after having done the reset program and having done so much more research and sat on, attended so many online conferences about the parasympathetic system and you know, read all the articles and this, that, and I was thinking to myself, what am I going to do with all this information? It just came naturally that I was going to use this information to help other people. Mm. And the only way I could think of to do it, because again, COVID, was I'm going to go out there, start a blog, start a vlog, tell my friends about it, tell people I know about it and hope that the word spreads. And Mm. then slowly, slowly, I will gain momentum and slowly, slowly people who have fibro or, and this is the thing. And I always tell people when I share, I go, share it with your network. And some people come back and they say, well, I don't know anyone who has fibro. And my answer is, you don't know that. No, absolutely. Because number one, yes, you do. You know me. Hi, I'm here. You know me. Um, So you you know (laughs) at least one person who has fibro. But like we were saying before, not everybody knows that they have it. Right. They just know that they're in pain all the mm-hmm. time. Not everybody, not everybody who has it shares. I don't share with everyone that I have fibro. It's not of everyone. It's not everyone's business. No, and also people might be embarrassed. Yes, they don't know what to say. Okay, what is that? Who, 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 you have what? Like, what does that? 
and don't have to go into in that. certain regions and cultures it could also be deemed and when i say cultures i also mean the corporate culture of absolutely could be deemed as a weakness yeah it's like do you have any disability do you know i don't know how to answer that question now if when when i look at job ads i always know that right. they're going to ask and I, I look at job ads because i like to keep an eye on my industry and see what's going on and what yeah. are people advertising for and they're they always say do you have a disability and it's like well no Mm, no because i can still think yeah i can still do everything i need to do can i sit for eight hours a day I no guess maybe it's a physical disability is it i don't know i don't know my knees will hurt if i sit for eight hours a day so yes i'm gonna get up every couple of hours and walk around does that stop me from doing my job no, no. you know but can, can i sit and type right now for example i can't sit and type the way i used to type when i had a full-time job yeah because fibers decided to go into my fingers but I can put on a headset and dictate. How funny. So I'm rubbish at those forms anyway, because I remember <laughs> once going to the doctor and I was with my sister-in-law at the time and you know, you know, do you have any history of it? And like, no, 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 no. And my yeah. sister-in-law went, um, your mum died of heart failure, heart disease. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry, tick cross, tick, tick cross. Yeah. And, um, your dad died of cancer. Oh God, yeah, right. I got it. Like, yeah, and then just totally. You, know, I was so used to in that kind of. I know. Being healthy. Period after that, them, yeah. them dying. No, 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 no. That's an interesting one. Do you have a disability or not? Yeah, I don't know how to answer that question because no, I don't. But as far as you're concerned, in the corporate culture, when mm. you're expecting me to sit for eight hours and type yeah. emails all day, yes, this this could be classed as a disability as far yeah. as you're concerned. I don't know. The, the blog, what's the website, please? Oh, it's uh, That Fibro Thing. I know. No way! <laughs> that green blue fuck is that fibro thing? That fibro thing. Wait, because that's what it is. Everybody goes, what's this thing that you have? It's, it's that, a, fibro, it's thing. that fibro thing. So yeah, it's that fibro thing dot blogspot dot com. That fibro thing dot blogspot dot com. It's interesting because uh, your friend and mine, Giselle, yeah. um, it was... Uh, we it was us that we were brainstorming the name for the podcast because it was the dead parents society as we spoke yeah. about and then it moved on from just my dead parents and whatever and same thing we went with the grief relief podcast or grief relief or something and i was yeah. like no people will say have you heard have you heard that podcast you know that that grief relief podcast yeah and we were in we were in the arabian ranches down here having breakfast <laughs> for english breakfast and we were both like, i can name. see that actually i can yeah. see you and you going oh, yes <laughs> you know spoon and, and you know fork and knife dropping that's it yeah. that's what we did we really thrashed it out so shout out to giselle for that one hey g um it's okay so i've told it that fibro thing dot blog, blog spot, spot dot com dot com okay yes and on there because i really like it there's different articles you do a vlog as well which is mm -hmm. more kind of for me i'm not very good at reading and absorbing i prefer to hear obviously because of my yeah. job and see and, and things like that um and i love it and Thank it's in your you. sister's garden so it's all very it's um what's the word was it it's all very sit, very natural and authentic and, and what is it when you sit outside okay. al fresco al fresco oh my god <laughs> Yes, it is. That's what we call Arabian ranches right now. With Emirates Road in the background, the constant hum of cars. Laura, Sorry. you've lived here too long. It's Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Road. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. Because you, you did. You said you can hear Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed. Which road is that? I know. It's Emirates Road. Yeah, just bump Emirates that Road, one up. It's yeah. the 311. And... It's the 311. Yeah. But it is It is really interesting. And I think, I just think it's lovely the way that you're... You, 
you know, you've invested so much time and you are continuing to do so. Absolutely. And go, have you got your Instagram up and running yet? I have not got my Instagram up and running yet. I will get my Instagram up and running yet. And there's a very good reason why I don't have my Instagram up and running yet. I don't want to hear actually. excuses. It's not excuses. Yeah, it's actually a reason. And and I did say this in my last um, my last uh, blog post. I said, I've, I've got a, what did I call it? A curveball. Okay. I've been throwing a curveball. Um, and I should mention, because you were saying... Uh, that you you like to hear but generally everything I write is what I say so whether you yes. listen or you read it's right, the same thing okay. except for the last one where I talk about the parasympathetic and the brain gut connection because that one you need to reread it a few times to get it it's a lot of information really? okay yeah. so speaking it will not do it justice will not do the person listening justice although I'm quite happy to talk about it live in, in front of a bunch of people yeah but here's my curveball I can't look at screens anymore for a long time because one of the side effects of pregabalin is blurred vision. Oof, okay. And after X number of years, four years on pregabalin, my vision has started to blur when I look at screens. Mm. So I have to, like with the fibro, I have to figure out, okay. So today, for example, I spent one hour on a uh, webinar and by the end of it, my eyes I just started to say, go like that. Yeah. So I can't look at screens for today. Yeah. Or if I do, I'm going to have to wear sunnies and put my sunglasses, my great big sunglasses on and look at the screen. And so that's why I've now had to decide, okay, what am I doing yeah. today? Yeah. How much time is that going to take? Yeah. And so obviously I have to think, okay, today I had that webinar, right? Tomorrow I need to research my LinkedIn post for my mm, consultancy. Mm. So that's going to be like four hours. And I have to think about that, and then I can think about. So that's why yeah. that's that's my curveball. No, no, right. that's, that's a legitimate. That's a legitimate that reason. is my curveball. And it's the same thing as as well as what you were saying is is you have to also weigh up the priority between your passion project, i.e., this blog and blog yeah. and awareness, and obviously what's going to make you money. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of then weirdly what I go through with the podcast because. <laughs> With the podcast, I've already done a recording this morning and then I, yep. I'm not still not great at the whole video editing thing. And I'm so busy. The podcast takes like so much of my time. And then I'm like, oh gosh, it's actually not making me any money. So I actually yet. do need to invest. Say yet. Oh, okay. So yet, yeah, we can put that yeah. to the universe. But yes. but I but I, I, I really enjoy it. And I love, you know, the, meeting different people and, and, and hearing the different stories, which is why I'm, I'm so pleased you agreed to come on. Thank you. Even though it totally Honestly. threw you when I asked you. It did, because I did not expect... Yeah, no, I just didn't expect it. But so, that, yeah, and thank that's, you. that's the thing, is that so many people don't realise how much grief there is in the world, but that they may or may not have been experiencing. Um, I was speaking to a lady this morning who is actually dealing with a gentleman who is a pilot, mm-hmm. 25 years, and lost his job last year. Because if you're a pilot... You're always, planes are always going to fly is what she was saying they're always going to fly and you're always going to need pilots yeah. and then not only did he lose his job but as a pilot I guess it's pretty hard to then just walk into spinnies and start being a, a cashier or something do you know well, what I mean? Yeah. you are extremely uh, qualified in a certain field mm-hmm. so there's a lot of grief ex- being of experienced from the loss of, of jobs and whatnot. so yeah um, as you know, I ask all of my guests to come to me with an Instagram or uh, a podcast that they enjoy, that they love. Yes. What have you brought for me? Even though you're not looking at screens. <laughs> um, well, would you believe yours? 
Okay. No, seriously. My what? Instagram? My podcast? Your podcast. <laughs> Your podcast. Well, I'd like to say it. No, it's okay. true. It's true. And, and the reason I say that is because there are so many podcasts out there and, and I, I've listened to a bunch of them and yes, they give a lot of information. That's great. Love information. But what I love the most about yours is that it's unfiltered. Mm. right you will ask everything and people will answer and I love the emotional freedom that you bring in your podcast I love that it's not scripted I love that unlike other podcasts and and you're very honest about this you're like I'm going to ask (laughs) I'm just going to and if you answer you answer and if you don't we'll just move on to something else it makes it more enjoyable for me to listen to because I can I can listen to this like a conversation and I don't have to I don't have to concentrate in the sense of okay no I, I don't want to oh no I've got to rewind because I didn't hear that yeah. part and now this part doesn't make sense yeah I can just listen and I can learn from it mm. and honestly learning how other people deal with grief mm. is very useful especially when it's things like grief from losing a job or, or you know grief from from losing a limb mm. for example mm. you know because I know how to deal with the grief of losing a loved one. I've had that happen. Mm. But it's a different kind of grief that you deal with when it's not that. Mm. So the grief of losing a pet, yeah, okay, I can do that. Uh, grief of losing a family, or a fr- I can do that. But grief of losing myself. Mm. Like, how do, I, how do I process that? And, and so, how do you measure it? It's not even tangible. No, it's not. And like, and, and the thing you'll, you'll know from experience and also from your podcast grief and I think it was Keanu Reeves actually who said this and I'm paraphrasing because I don't remember the, the his actual words but grief doesn't go away it just changes form mm. so the way I was grieving three years ago different to the way I'm grieving now and the funny thing is when you're grieving things like a, a limb or a divorce or a you're not only grieving the past and the present, but you're grieving the future. Mm. So with fibro, I'm grieving the things that I will not get to do mm. because of this, that I wanted to do, which might sound frivolous, right? Like riding a motorbike, yeah. right? I got my license. I love it. I, I have my helmet, my gloves, my jacket, my everything is there. Can't get on a, a, on a motorbike again. And I, I grieve that every day because I see my stuff every day. I bet. Um, you know, I grieve not being able to get my skydiving license because there is absolutely no way I'm going to be able to land. Not with these ankles, not with these knees. It ain't happening. That's really interesting. I'd never, I'd never once thought about that. And in terms of, so I guess a divorce or a relationship breakup is exactly that. You're grieving things that, that you thought were going to happen. Exactly. And Uh, I, I didn't know how to deal with that. And I didn't, and there was nowhere that I was looking that, that I could find this information. And then mm. your podcast, just listening to other people talk about how they are grieving and how they're working through it, mm. that's really helped. Oh, good. That's really good to hear. Because not one of them has been the same either. And no, well, they have crazy, isn't yeah. it? In terms of how people get over things. Yeah. So oh. so to answer your question, yes, it's, it's your podcast flattered. and that's why. That's really nice. That's that's so nice. As I say, I have had some some quite incredible feedback, which I wasn't expecting at all. It was mainly just to start talking about my dead parents. And it's kind of really, really evolved. It's evolved into from Into something there. quite big, which is amazing. Yes. 
Lara, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for Katie. telling your story, and and I'm going to put up all the links of where you can find Lara's blog and vlog, and eventually, as and when, we'll get the Instagram up and running. And um, and I I just wish you all the best. I'm pleased you're not in any pain right now. Are you are you in pain now? It's Have you got starting. it? Is it starting? It's starting. Right, that's it. We're going for goodness' sake. <laughs> um, if you're listening, you can follow me on Instagram at that grief relief podcast. I'll do this quickly on Twitter. It's that grief relief pod, or you can send an email to that grief relief podcast at gmail.com. And genuinely, if you've been affected by anything that we've spoken about today, please reach out or reach out to Lara directly, um, and I can certainly try and point you in the right direction for whomever to speak to. Like, subscribe, Apple review, five stars, all of that jazz. Let's get off the sofa and have a cup of tea. Let's do this. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.